Welcome to the Future Financial Planners podcast, brought to you by the Financial Planning Association of Australia. Whether you're a student, a graduate, or an early career advisor, join us as we dive into the ins and outs of becoming a financial planner. I'm your host, Azaria Bell, bringing you tips from the experts on career strategy, sanity, and success. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the FPA Student Podcast. Today's episode is focused on student associations at university. I'll be joined by Arlen Mickelson, Secretary and Financial Planning Coordinator at Griffith University's Association of Commerce. We discuss what's involved in running a student society, why you may choose to do so, how it works in terms of expenses and logistics, the different roles available and the benefits of doing so. I really believe that joining or starting a student society is a really great thing to do at university in terms of building your social skills and your management skills, so I hope you get a lot of value out of this episode today. Hey, Arlen, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Zaria. Thank you for having me. Today, Arlen, I wanted to have a chat to you about your experience being a part of a student society. There's a lot of students who listen to this podcast who are studying financial planning and maybe they're looking for something to set them apart or maybe they're looking at more ways to get involved in community life at university. So for anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of meeting you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So my name is Alan Mickelson. I'm currently studying at Griffith University in a Bachelor of Business. Uh, I'm majoring in financial planning and accounting And I'm currently the Vice President of GUAC and the uh, Financial Planning Coordinator of of GUAC as well. Um, My university journey kind of started through the Griffith Leadership Program that is held at Griffith. And it was where I met like-minded people who were really interested in starting up a club. And that was something I really wanted to do as well. And we were given the opportunity to start up GUAC in 2022. And that's just where it went from there. Beautiful. And just for anyone who doesn't know, what does GWOC stand for? Because it's not your normal name for a student society. Of course. It stands for Griffith University Association of Commerce. Awesome. And what does GWOC do? What kind of um, value does that provide to students that are members of the community? One of our biggest goals, particularly for next year as well, is focusing on bridging the gap between students and professionals. We don't want students to feel like they don't have a way of connecting with professionals and we want to make sure that we provide opportunities for those connecting and and the networking uh, through events and stuff like that. Beautiful. So what kind of events would a student society like GWOC put on throughout a year? Uh, We focus on uh, social events, we focus on professional events and we really try to emphasise going to networking events too. Uh, A lot of professionals tell us that one of the best skills you can have is networking. And so our events align quite heavily with that goal. Um, One of the events that we held this year that was very successful was our financial planning panel. And we had five incredible financial planners attend, including yourself, and um, lots of students attending for our first event. And everyone had an opportunity to ask questions and then we had a period where they could also network with the professionals. So it was just a very good balance and it gave people who were slightly more introverted a chance to just listen and ask questions if they wanted. And it gave those people who were willing to give it a go to network with professionals and maybe ask questions that didn't come up during the panel. 
Amazing. And I'm sure there are many students out there who think this sounds like a really a really good thing to do. How do you manage it in terms of expenses? Because I imagine you've got things like catering or maybe venue hire for some events. How does all that part of it work? Is it something that you're paying for out of your own pocket or does the university provide help with that? Excellent question. So with uh, societies and clubs at university, at least for Griffith, um, we have a set budget given to us. So depending on how many members we have, so at the moment we have about over 250 members, we will get a certain budget for every 50 members or something like that. And we also get majority of our money from sponsors. So because we are a commerce-based society, we focus heavily on, you know, working with the big four, working with the FPA and, you know, potential sponsors that really want to get involved, whether that's in count- accounting, uh, finance or economics, and we contact them. We develop a professional relationship, and if our goals align up, then we will ask for sponsorship and we will represent them moving forward. So, one of our uh, two biggest ones from last year was the FPA and was also the uh, recruiting agency Striver. Amazing. And then, so you've got things like finances involved, you've got a team, you're kind of running a small business. What does the structure of the team look like? Do you have someone who specifically manages the money side? You said that you're a vice president. What does that look like in your team? So for our constitution, which we have written up, you must have a president, a secretary, and a treasurer. Um, The vice president is also considered an executive role, but it is not necessary to actually have a club. Um, and all four of those roles are the, the big boys within the club. And we sort out organizing what kind of events we want to do, who do we want to assign to these events. And we offer students the opportunity to join the club and sign up to be a coordinator for a particular area. So as I mentioned, I'm the financial planning coordinator as well. So I'll be in charge of hosting a, an event in regards to financial planning. Um, we have an accountant coordinator. We even have a marketing coordinator because, you know, we are commerce students. We're not too familiar with the marketing side. So it gives everybody an opportunity, no matter what degree you are doing, to, to get involved in clubs. So yeah, the, the organization is kind of like a tree of the executives picking more group leadership team members who can then create their own little events. And then it's just that process of helping everybody out. And you mentioned a constitution. So how is this all governed? Do you have set meetings? Is there like a nomination process in terms of becoming um, an executive in the group? Um, yeah. So we have what's called an AGM, an annual general meeting. And we have that usually in trimester two of every year. And you can sign up for a club easily as just attending one of the days or searching it up on our We Use Campus groups at Griffith. Um, and from there, you may attend a few events and decide that, oh, actually, I want to be a part of this. How can I get involved? And the easiest way is to just approach someone in the club and be like, hey, how can I get involved? And you, we do host an AGM at the end of the year where it's all professionally ran. Everyone gets to be voted in and give a speech on the role that they would like to go for. And, you know, this year we had about 20 members at our AGM going for roles. Um, and, yeah, it can be very competitive depending on the club. But that's essentially how you would get involved. And if you wanted as well, that's how you would apply to be an executive team member. So you've got the members, the paid members of the society, then voting on who's going to become part of that executive team? 
Yeah. So it, anyone uh, who is a, a member, whether you're an executive, you're a part of the team, or you're just, a, like you said, a paid representative, um, yeah, you have rights of who you want to uh, run the actual club. Um, you know, you might not have been impressed by someone, so you want to vote someone in new, or you want to see someone else take over. Like it's completely up to the members. It's all student based. It's all member based, and there's no kind of monopoly over who gets to go for anything. And I think that's exactly how it all should be ran. Got it. And how do you guys manage um, all of the commitments that you have within the team? Do you have a group chat, or do you have regular catch ups? How do you manage that as a team? Definitely difficult when everybody has a different schedule. You know, everyone in my group works part-time. Everyone is involved in external extracurricular stuff at uni as well. So it's not just the balancing of the clubs. People have real lives and, you know, you do have to find a way to make it work. What we found is having a messenger group chat makes things instant. It makes it easy. It makes it quick. Um, emails are very important. We always try to email our members and our exec team to keep them up to date of what has been decided in particular meetings. And for us, we try to have a call every Tuesday at about 6 p.m. So, you know, if someone decides to work all day at 6 p.m., they have a little bit of time to chill. And then we have just a very casual talk. We write a meeting, uh, a minutes, and um, yeah, we just discuss what we think is important, what is our goals, how is it, how is everyone feeling? And that's kind of just keeping it, making sure everyone is in the loop and that we are able to to grow as a team and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, perfect. And what are some of the resources that maybe you've had to make from scratch or maybe that you've inherited from um, past members that you'd need to run a student society? So things like having the constitution, having the roles, what, what kind of things would you recommend to someone if they were maybe looking to start it completely from scratch? What are the core documents or resources that you think are really useful in running a society? Uh, you definitely do need a constitution, which um, if you have interest in running a club, usually going to the club coordinator, she provides you with a very good template or a lot of clubs are happy to offer you assistance. You can even get a law student to help you out. Like it's very good practice for them. And then from there, one of the things that we were very fortunate about is that the Commerce Society at Griffith was already ran previously to us. So we have a lot of templates, whether that's asking for sponsorships, organizing posters for events. A lot of that is almost done for us. We've just got to change names and dates and maybe a photo if it's a little outdated. And I think creating a lot of templates for events will make it easier moving forward. If you start off in week one, you have an idea of what you want to do, making a lot of templates and kind of practice posts as well makes it very easy when it comes to the deadline of actually doing it. Um, in regards to the admin side, probably the most important things, as I said, is the constitution and then also advertising. Really nail down a good way to get members because I've seen some very, very well-coordinated clubs, but just not have a lot of members because their advertising is a bit weak. So mm. that's probably what I would recommend. Yeah. What do you guys do for uh, in terms of making advertising materials? Do you use things like Canva or how do you manage that? Yeah. Canvas and Canva is really, really good for actually creating um, advertising material. And then we just spam it all over social media, you know, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn is something we're really trying to get back into as well because that's not only to our students, that goes out to professionals as well. And emailing. If you're signed up to a club, you will automatically receive the emails unless you opt out um, for events, which 
you know, not every event's going to be for you, but it's really good to see that when an event comes up. For sure. And in terms of relationships, potentially even with your teachers, your lecturers, do you engage them much to help with spreading awareness about events and about the club? Yeah, definitely. When we held the financial planning panel, one of the things we did was contact all commerce-related subjects and said, hey, are you interested in finding out about financial planning? Are you interested in financial planning or are you studying financial planning? And through that, we got I think 75% of the people who actually turned up came from classes because the lecturers had posted in announcements or the lecturers had actually mentioned it within the class. So working with university um, lecturers and tutors has been very beneficial for us. And it it just kind of takes away a lot of the stress from us as well because they know how to get to their students and they're very good at convincing students to attend things. So definitely recommend that. That's really good. It sounds like you just need to find some creative ways to spread awareness of the club because no matter how good your club is, if nobody knows it exists, then you're not going to get the numbers that you want. Um, and what have you learned so far? I know it's still the early ages of, of um, Guac's revival. What have you learned so far in terms of planning for events, like when to put the events on, where to have them, how to attract people? How have you managed that? I think one of the most important things I've learned is definitely balancing everything. And the best way to do that is to plan early. So our, our goal for even next year, we've started writing out what we want to do. We're planning on doing about eight or nine events in the first semester. And we focus on doing it over the whole commerce, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a few events that are what we would consider major events where that will have professionals attending and it's and something really big for the club. And we'll have some casual events like, you know, a catch-up or a pizza party or mock interviews or something like that. And for the actual organizing of it, keeping it at university makes it very easy for students because the less travel they have to do, the better for them. And a recent tactic, which aligns quite well with what we talked about with the teachers and the, and the lecturers, is hosting an event straight after a class that does that event. So mm-hmm. you know, if they're in a financial planning class and 30 minutes later we have a financial planning panel, we'll have 20 students come straight to that and it takes a lot of the pressure off them and a lot of the stress of us. So planning at the right time, finding an easy access building and um, we, for food as well, we, we go a bit nicer. We go Subway over pizza. I think pizza is a little overdone sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's nice for the professionals to enjoy something really nice like sushi and Subway versus having, you know, greasy, hard-to-eat pizza sometimes. So, yeah, it's just all it's about thinking on the human side of things as well as, you know, keeping the professionals and the students happy. Yeah, awesome. And it sounds like there's a lot involved in running one of these societies. What would you say some of the challenges of, of running a student society are? I think one of the most difficult things is, is time management and stress mixed between each other because like I said everyone lives an individual life and everyone has whether it's two three or four subjects at one time it does tend to pile up especially when you're planning events around week four five six seven because they tend to be the busy periods of the semester or trimester and for us yeah definitely taking it on board for the first trimester was difficult because we hadn't experienced such a significant workload but I think as you get experience, the difficulties change. It goes from, you know, not being able to get members to struggling to manage time. And it's all about just 
growing and, and working with people to get over those difficulties. And things will keep coming, you know, whether low student engagement is a problem. It's all about finding solutions for us at least, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So there's a big time commitment. There's obviously a lot of work that goes into it. What's the reason that you do it? What is the benefit of running a student society while you're at uni? For me, I think there's no risk involved when it comes to running a society and all it gives you is professional and personal development. And I think that's some of the most important takeaways you can have from university and from a university club. Already, I threw myself in the deep end and I said I would host the first event. And I was nervous, I was stressed, but I I stuck to it. I I worked really hard. And then afterwards, I just felt so rewarded in, in myself, in my team. And I had felt my confidence go up. I felt that my networking had just blown through the roof, being able to talk to professionals like they're my friends and organizing events. It it really gives you skills and transferable skills that you wouldn't otherwise get from, you know, your basic university experience. So definitely personal and professional development is the highlights of being in a club. Couldn't agree more. And when you're at university, that's the perfect time to make mistakes and practice things and build your confidence and start to speak to people in the industry. Um, you, you really get the chance to do that. And how would you say this has helped you in terms of employability? What do you think it's added in terms of um, making yourself look appealing to future employers? So as a representative of Guac, I attend a lot of events, especially at competitive firms such as the Big Four, and, you know, even PwC as of recently, they were telling me that in their interviews, your, your GPA, your university involvement in grades, they get you an interview at most. When it actually comes to going through that interview, if you don't have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of extracurricular activities, you know, proof of leadership and, and, and stuff like that, they're not particularly interested in bringing you on because company culture is so important to them. That's something that, especially since COVID, they've really tried to push forward with with employers and employees. And so we have been told by them to our face that being involved in a club is one of the most valuable assets. Getting involved in extracurricular activities, even if it's outside of clubs, like a leadership program, is you know uh, very priceless. And it definitely puts you above a lot of the other competition in in a particular field. Yeah, definitely. If, if I could give a really good example, the, the Gold Coast Society who we work close with, they've been around just a few more years and all their recently graduated executives landed top tier jobs that they all wanted. And they said it all comes back to their involvement at uni. You know, not all of them had really good grades, but because they were executives and they held good events and they built up their network, they didn't even have to apply for the jobs. They just got it through word of mouth and then went through the application process. So there's a lot of benefit professionally for you if you do a cl- like if you get involved in clubs and represent a club and it, it shows in the professional world as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about who you know in financial planning and in commerce majors in general. So if you're already getting to meet those, um, you know, influential people within the industry while you're a student, that puts you, you know, way, way ahead. Um, so for anyone who's listening, I'm sure they're probably thinking, wow, this sounds like a great opportunity. You're essentially running a small business. You're making these really close connections with people that will be your peers in the industry in the future. What advice would you give to someone who's maybe thinking about joining an executive or starting a society themselves? 
my advice would be ask for help and and talk to people who have been through it and are doing it because we went straight to people who had experience working close with the Gold Coast Society really, really helped us. And they just gave us, you know, templates. They gave us the do's and don'ts. Make sure you do like, make sure you offer this and don't fall into this trap. And it really prevented us from falling behind early. So we were on a really good stepping stone for our first few events, which is always going to be the most difficult part. And for me as well, I went into clubs with a group of people that I knew were very hardworking and like-minded. That helps a lot. If you're able to have five or six people who are really, uh, really wanting to get involved in a club, then if you have no one join you in your AGM, you still have five or six incredibly hardworking people. And for us, our first AGM was only really the exec team. And then our second one was extremely popular and we've had a lot of success. And that all comes down to us consistently working hard together. And it all started with picking the right people. So definitely better to do it with a group with different minds than alone. And from that, talking to past ex- people with past experiences and people doing clubs at the moment really, really helped us. Yeah. Oh, great advice. Well, Alan, this has been so great. I think anyone listening, hopefully you're very encouraged by what Alan's had to say today. If there isn't already an existing society out there, that's nothing that should not stop you from going out there and starting your own um, because it sounds like there's a, a lot of benefit that comes with this. So, Alan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I uh, hope I help people out. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Future Financial Planners podcast, brought to you by the Financial Planning Association of Australia. For great resources and a free student membership, find us at fpa.com.au. Good advice makes for great futures.